0: Take your seats, please. Everybody take your seats, please. Top Actually, of Act must 2. Begin.
1: Excuse me. Top of Act 2, please. Excuse me. Top of Act 2, please. Sir? Sir? Sir!
0: You need to put your phone away. There's no recording this act.
1: Unwrap any soothing candies or lozenges at this time.
0: If you've secretly snuck snacks in in a grocery bag, this is not the time to rustle about. If you're eating popcorn, kill yourself.
1: You had to have listened to the last episode to get that one.
0: That's pretty good, though.
1: Um, hey, welcome back, everybody. Thanks for tuning back in.
0: Yeah, and as most of you are, thanks for listening for the first time.
1: So uh, I want to start us off with something fun here. Uh, these uh, white people love to memes about things that white people say.
0: Oh, I love those. So I think
1: that's really funny. Also in this uh, act, we're going to be finally, you'll finally be able to hear our wonderful interview with Clyde Alves, which I've been very excited with. Excited with? I've been very excited about. We'll both. Um, I got too much Jack Daniels in my blood right now, in my body. Ooh,
0: he's fueled by the fermentation.
1: And uh, after that, next week we've got an interview with Broadway's Bob Cuccioli, which I am so stoked about. Bob was the original Jekyll and Hyde in um,
0: the American Broadway the American production of Broadway
1: production. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Sorry, I didn't mean to step on you.
1: That's all right. That's all right. And he was also the Green Goblin in Spider Man on Broadway, and he was also Javert in Les Mis on Broadway. He's done. A, I mean, he's done so much cool shit. So I'm really and excited also
0: also you can say his name like this: Bob Canty Alley,
1: Bob Alley, like Julius, the the fat thirteen year old kid that I talked about. In the last act, um, he's also one of the best actors I have ever seen on stage, and I'm not saying that because he's on our show. I asked him to be on our show because of that.
0: And also, we our... watched the video that you put on your Facebook, and he's kind of known as Hot Scrooge now.
1: Yeah, he's an attractive Scrooge. He's a very attractive man.
0: Yeah, he's a hot Scrooge.
1: So, um... which I'm here for. Oh well, sure, of course you are. Uh, so yeah, like
0: a like a hot old crotchety man at Christmas tide.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so let's get into these white people memes.
0: Yeah, come on, white people. <laughs> Out of wow. context, that's wow.
1: weird. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I wanna. There's something that I wanna share just because I thought it was so hilarious, and I, I love the segments that we do on the show. But I also think that it's important that we spend some time talking about, like, like if there's something we want to talk about and that inspires some some fun banter, we should just talk about it.
0: Absolutely. Um,
1: so it's, you know, we try to balance that with also giving the show some structure. But there is something that uh, I was reading the other day that Brooke had pulled up. It's, it's, it, I not have you seen the, like, the white people, like, things white people set love to say memes?
0: Oh, yeah, I love them. They are. That, Spongebob memes, and Cardi B memes are my yes, favorite memes.
1: Spongebob memes are great. Um, so I have some that I really want to share, these white people quotes, white people love to say quotes that just really, really tickled me. White people love saying, must be free, when the price tag is missing.
0: Oh my god! (laughs) Having worked at Urban Outfitters for six years, I can confirm that shit. These
1: are so dead on. Uh, White people love saying, oh, these are dangerous, after trying a new snack. (laughs) White people love saying, well, I'll be sure to stay off the road when someone gets their driver's license. (laughs) White people love saying, let's play it by ear.
0: Yeah, and half the time they don't even know what that means.
1: Yeah. Oh, this is a good one. White people love saying, there's my cardio for the day after walking up a flight of stairs. (laughs) White people love saying, it's got a little kick to it after eating a Cool Ranch Dorito.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, really anything with some spice. Yeah. Not that a Cool Ranch Dorito Um, has spice, but...
1: (laughs) Yeah, 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 you're right. White people love saying, oh, get these away from me after eating a few chips
0: hmm hmm
1: This I am very guilty of, but I say it ironically. White people love saying, What's the damage? And then chuckling when they have to pay for something. <laughs> this we could definitely relate to. White people love saying, I'm gonna butcher this when they say a foreign name.
0: <laughs> uh when I call roll as a substitute teacher, I always preface In California. I, I always preface what I'm about to call Roll with that.
1: Yeah. You just gotta, especially in Cali. White people love saying, I'm still nibbling on it when the waitress tries to take their plate. White people love saying, I didn't like it at all while handing their empty plate back to the waiter.
0: They do. I will also submit that white people like to say, um, you said before, white people like to say, I'm still nibbling on it. They also like to say they're still working on it.
1: Yeah, that's what I I say. Oh, I'm still working on this. Okay, this is so dead on. White people love saying "it's a box" halfway through opening presents. (laughs) I hate that, but still, I
0: feel the impulse to say it.
1: I remember seeing, hearing dad say that at Christmas one year as a small child, and I thought it was the funniest thing I had ever heard in my entire life.
0: Oh yeah, dad jokes are always funny when you're a
1: genius. Genius, yeah, they are funny. Uh, white people love to have parties and always let everyone know their best friend arrived by saying, oh, look at what the cat dragged in.
0: Or look who finally decided to show up. White people love to say that when you come in late for work.
1: Yeah, there's that too. White people love saying knock, knock out loud instead of knocking.
0: (laughs) Did you see that vine? Have you seen that vine? Where, Where it's like when you walk into a friend's house versus when you walk into your best friend's house and the... The friend's house, you go, knock, knock, and walk in. And your best friend's, you would just walk in and go, what's up, motherfucker?
1: (laughs) (laughs) That is very true. My favorite line is the guy who walks outside and goes, ooh, you know it's cold outside when you walk outside and it's cold outside.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I love that one, too. I also love um, just in general how when we have close friends, them just walking into your house is perfectly acceptable. Oh, yeah. I love that. At least that's the way it is in our house. Yeah.
1: It's weird to me if it's not that way. I'm like, what are, you, what are you hiding?
0: Yeah, exactly. People who
1: are so private annoy me. Like, why are you so private? I don't I don't know. People who are so private, I'm like, ugh, grow up. <laughs> White people love saying, you're going to have to roll me out of here after they eat too much. White people love saying, let's get this show on the road when they have to wait more than five minutes for anything.
0: <laughs> or when they're about to start huh. a car, uh, long car trip.
1: Okay, here is my favorite. White people love to use the restroom before leaving a restaurant and come out shaking their hands dry saying, Ready to rock and roll? (laughs) That's the funniest shit I've ever heard. It's so dead on. I don't know who noticed that, but they're genius. Somebody
0: pointed out to me also that white people love to do like a half smile, half grimace when they walk by a stranger on the street.
1: Oh yeah, the white people smile. Yeah, that's so true. It's so
0: real. And this is the thing. I didn't know that was a white people thing until somebody said something about it. And now whenever I walk by a person of color and I do the weird white person smile, I've noticed that people of color don't do it back. (laughs) (laughs) And it's not that they're rude, it's just that we're weird. (laughs) No, we're weird. We're wired. Because it's not a smile. If you did a full smile, that would be one thing. I've smiled to people on the street and they smile back, but when you do that weird, like, straight line smile...
1: (laughs) It's so, it's like... yeah. (laughs) And it's an insincere smile. It's not like a true smile. It's just if I were to put a word to it, it would be yep.
0: Yeah. I had a manager at Urban Outfitters when I first started there named Jim, and he if you uh-huh. walked past him in the store while you're working, he would give you that smile and a nod, and we called it the Jim nod.
1: <laughs> just it's just as as if to say, yep, we're still here together. Yep,
0: it's acknowledging somebody's presence without fully committing to say hello. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, it's weird. It's a, it's fucking weird. I don't know where that comes from.
0: Uh, white people think they're funny.
1: White people love saying, that's why they pay me the big bucks whenever someone thanks them for helping. Well. <laughs> okay, that's it. I, I, I'm i going to stop there. Oh, white people love saying literally all the time. Very true. In the actual sense of the word, don't say literally. That's not how we pronounce it in this country. You're not English. But I don't care if you're an actor.
0: Yeah, and actors are the worst. I feel like there is a different division of white people memes that are actor memes.
1: Somebody texted me the other day, somebody we love very dearly, who also listens to the show, and he or she spelled the word color with a U, and I was like, ugh, okay.
0: Are they English, or did they study in England?
1: But he or she does have some English blood in them, so I let it slide. Was it Michael? No. I'm not going to say who it was, but it wasn't
0: Michael. But you can tell me.
1: White people love walking into a bedroom and saying, This is where the magic magic happens. happens. (laughs) You already knew. (laughs) White people love saying, Oh, there's a wall right there. Right after someone runs into a wall. White people love saying, No one's talking, so the food must be good. (laughs) I saw that one. White people love saying, See you next year on December 31st. Anyway, I just thought that'd be fun to share. What time is it?
0: Time is your time! Woo. Tim and Alex's movie you should have seen man out Pick of the Week, and it is a very special holiday edition.
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's Christmas time. This is, this is kind of our special Christmas episode, isn't it?
0: It kind of is, yeah, because I don't know that we're going to put out another episode before Christmas.
1: Yeah, I mean, it would be nice if we could, but it's just, we probably won't.
0: It's not going to happen.
1: So, what do we got, Tim?
0: Tim and Alex's movie You Should have seen by now, Pick of the Week, is a Christmas classic that everybody has seen, but we don't acknowledge it as a true Christmas classic that it is.
1: Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. But it is a favorite. Like, in fact, most of our listeners have probably seen it.
0: Oh, I, I hope they have. It is The Santa Claus. Iconic. We all love this movie. The sequels, I don't really care about. I haven't seen them, I don't care. The original one just feels like a really true blue christmas movie to me
1: yeah absolutely absolutely um it's very quotable we've quoted it on the show already actually the rose such a clatter oh, rose such a clatter
0: plain milk's um, fine also also this movie is particularly <laughs> plain dear milk's to you fine <laughs> plain milk's fine plain milk's
1: fine that's i think that's the clip we should use should we insert that right here
0: uh, sure okay here's the clip <laughs> All right. Dreaming of a white
2: Christmas. All right. Denny's. It's always open. I don't want to eat here. What are you talking about? Everybody likes Denny's. It's an American institution. Are you you with Hatsutashi? No. I want the turkey. Oh yeah, this way. Come on. Right over
0: there.
2: Thank you. No. Burn a turkey. Yeah.
1: Coffee? No, thank you, Judy. <laughs> what do you say
2: we start out with cold glasses of a delicious seasonal favorite, eggnog?
1: I don't like eggnog. We're
0: out. Coffee, decaf. Hmm.
1: All chocolate milk, please. We're out. Plain
0: milk's
2: fine. Okay. At least we know they got hot apple pie.
1: We did. Mm-hmm.
0: This is nice.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: This movie is extra special to you and I because its it has the version of White Christmas that you and I lip-sync to every year.
1: You know what else has that? Yes, it does. That's the ba do ba do do The Drifter's White Christmas. Which is my favorite do-ba-do. version of that, and also Michael Buble has a version of that. He oh, has a cover cool. of their cover of White Christmas, and it's really, really good. With, I believe... I can't remember who it is that he sings it with. But anyway, it's very good.
0: So little-known um, fact, you guys. When Alex was at PCPA, he had to do a clowning uh, class. And in the clowning class they have to do a lip sync and alex's clown was a christmas clown Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and he was mm -hmm. adorable what was his name i don't
1: remember i think it was elphus presley or something like that that's
0: that's fucking funny good job (laughs) thank you and i helped him figure out his makeup and uh he did a lip sync to white this this, the drifters version of white christmas and it's hilarious and his costume was was great
1: it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun now that version is also in home alone
0: that's excellent I remember when I was a kid he would make that macaroni and cheese and never got to eat it cuz he had to deal with the Baden's.
1: Oh, like he, yeah, he makes like a Stouffer's macaroni and cheese in
0: Home Alone. Yeah, but I love I the love, mac and cheese. I love so. that
1: Christmas song in Home Alone too. That makes me want to cry. In a good way.
0: Yeah, in a good way. Anyway,
1: uh, Yeah, we're not talking about Home Alone. We're here to talk about the Santa Claus. With an E. Um. So, love that clip. They're sitting in a Denny's, and it's just so. It's just like so. It's just like the, he just so doesn't want to be with his dad.
0: <laughs> well, I think he he's does. Just so it's simple. just he that does. dad is not delivering on a traditional cute Christmas. Mm-hmm. He burned the turkey. That's why they're at oh, Denny's right. in the first place. Dad sees another dad with a like a bandage on his arm. And he's like, "Burn the turkey." Yeah. It's like, yep. But then nothing's just nothing's going the kids away. But it's such a great Christmas movie.
1: I Can you imagine if your
0: father was Santa Claus? I mean, we once thought our dad was literally Superman.
1: Yeah, that's true. He did tell us that from the day we were born until, well, I still think that he... He, uh,
0: he maintains that, but we know that a 210-pound, 50-year-old man is not Santa, is Superman.
1: Not Superman. I did get in arguments with my friends at school about dad being in Superman dad being Superman. yeah. Um, I mean, our so, dad's too
0: short to be Superman. Let's be real.
1: I love the Santa Claus. I always wanted that cookie maker that he has in the sleigh, how he makes the oatmeal cookie. I don't know. You know what?
0: I read, I watched that movie last Christmas it was my first Christmas. I was home alone or I was didn't, I wasn't with family. I was doing a show where I was just by myself mm-hmm. and I watched a bunch of Christmas movies that day and I watched the Santa Claus and the elf that's sort of his like liaison is this girl. She's Bernard. Probably, well, there's he, but there's also the female. Oh. And she's probably like twelve, thirteen. The actress, um, but she perfectly does the condescension of somebody who is hundreds of years old talking to somebody who's like forty. <laughs> and as a kid, I have to give her props because it doesn't come across smartly. It she really seems like she's old, but looks yeah. Like a child, I have to give her props. It's a great movie. I also,
1: I also love that their elves are not little people; they're just kids.
0: Elves with I mean the actors.
1: Um. So anyway, how can people watch the movie?
0: Oh, well, let me tell you. Right now, <laughs> you can check out the Santa Claus on YouTube for two ninety nine. Voodoo. I don't know what that is, but you can check it out for two ninety nine iTunes, $2.99. Amazon Prime, Video, $2.99. Google Play Movies and TV, $2.99. It's also on Hulu, but it has a padlock next to it, so I don't know what that means. If you do, and oh. hey, you can crack the code, go for it.
1: <laughs> let us know.
0: Let it know. Let us know. Let it know. Let snow.
1: us know. Ooh, well done, my man. Thank you. Um... Lots of Christmas movies to choose from. Uh, love Christmas movies. I need to watch some more Christmas movies. I've kind of been getting into watching a lot of Christmas TV shows lately.
0: Christmas? Oh, like all the Christmas specials that are coming out on Netflix? I like love that. Like on the that. Food
1: Network. No, I've been watching like, the Food Network. and like
0: There is a, uh, a Great British Baking Show holiday season mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
0: that's been great. There's a Nailed It holiday season. There's even a Sabrina the Teenage Witch holiday special I cannot wait to watch.
1: Uh, doesn't, um, Schitt's and Creek RuPaul. have a holiday special coming out? They
0: do, yeah. Everybody's yeah. doing these holiday specials, and I am here for it, and I love it.
1: Here's what I want to say about Christmas cheer. hmm Getting into the holiday spirit, and th- this is actually not a joke. It is not, you know, when you're a kid, it it feels like Christmas. We talked about this yes. for our Halloween episode. It feels it's like Halloween. Same. Yeah. But, but here's the thing. The reason why it does feel that way when you're a kid is because your parents make it feel that way. I mean ours did. They de- they hung up Christmas lights, they put up the tree. We didn't have any agency over that. Our parents were just amazing about it and like we just always decorated. Yeah. And um and that was just like a a big thing that we did and and now we still we still do that because Christmas spirit. Like sometimes I hear my friends say, "Oh, it doesn't really feel like Christmas this year." I don't know. this Doesn't feel like Christmas last year. I was on tour and it didn't feel like Christmas because I was in hotels.
0: If, yeah, if you're too busy, it's hard to make it feel like Christmas.
1: Well, because you have to do stuff that makes it feel like Christmas. It doesn't just feel like Christmas because it's Christmas. You know what I mean? Like you, you yeah. have to put up a tree. You have to put up some lights. You gotta listen to some 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 Christmas tunes. You gotta, you know, like yeah. So you gotta you gotta do you know. I don't know. You, you got to do Christmas shit if you want it to feel like Christmas. It doesn't, it doesn't just happen by magic.
0: Right. I mean, it does, I, but it doesn't.
1: I've, I've just found that as I've gotten older. Like, I got to light some candles. I got to drink some mulled wine or some, you know, some eggnog. My roommate the other day, Jimmy, who's a fabulous actor and is going to be a Broadway star, drank half a gallon of eggnog in 30 minutes.
0: Oh, did he have diarrhea? Sure did. The way That's that
1: great. he... Wow, we're talking a lot about doo-doo in this episode. The way that he explained well, it's Christmas. his... Christmas. The way that he... <laughs> you're right. You're right. It's Christmas. The way that he explained his bowel movements were, and I quote, it looked like a treat.
0: <laughs> I hate that.
1: Because it was just all nog.
0: Okay. This he just been... really wanted
1: to drink... He just really wanted to drink... Eggnog. He wanted to drink a gallon of eggnog in an hour. Your stomach can't hold that much. It can only hold half a gallon of any sort of liquid. So, but he got through a half a gallon. We recorded it.
0: That's great. Yeah.
1: Anyway, uh, yeah. So okay, anyway, so this... the Santa Claus. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, you know what else I like about the Santa Claus? Huh. I like, I love that part where he's sitting in the office meeting and he's like trying to scrape out the last bit of pudding from the pudding container. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's such a fat kid sound.
0: It has a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's a drama fantasy from 1994. It's rated PG. It's an hour and 47 minutes long. If you haven't seen it, you should have. Watch it. Don't worry about the sequels. We don't care about that. Yeah. Boom, boom.
1: All right. This has been Tim and Alex's movie you should have seen by now. Pick of the
0: week. And now for a segment we like to call Fatty, Fatty. No friends.
1: Fatty, fatty, no friends.
2: It's
0: a holiday episode of Fatty, Fatty, No Friends.
1: Yeah, so, um... We've got some, uh, you had, this is a great idea, I think, doing the the weird holiday foods. Yeah, I mean,
0: some of them are weird, some of them are more traditional, but I have pooled some of my friends to see what their holiday traditions are. Mostly involving food, some of them are not food related, but for the most part they are. Okay. So I ask people, and if you have any and you're listening to this, send them in, even if it's up for Christmas, I want to hear what you have to say.
1: Man, we've had a lot of people reach out to us lately. It's been pretty awesome. Yeah, it has been. Texts, Instagram messages, Facebook messages.
0: You can email us at nobody's in New York podcast at gmail.com.
1: Yeah, or, or Instagram message us. Um, nobody's in NY.
0: So um, holiday traditional foods. So that's something that we all have experienced, right? Everybody has the foods that in their family they eat traditionally for the holidays, yeah. right?
1: Yeah. Like I have a friend, Jordan, who, um, is Jewish, but his family always orders Chinese food on Christmas.
0: That's great. I love so even, Chinese they
1: food. kind of have a traditional Christmas meal.
0: Yeah. Um, in our family, we, we tend to do a uh, cob salad and crab for Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And for breakfast, we have eggs, goldenrod. Yeah. I love and that if you condition. don't know what that is, it's essentially toast with a white, gravy made from a roux with a uh, rice hard boiled egg on top and sometimes chipped beef as well and it's delicious.
1: Yeah, really really good. Really really good. And uh, we eat them on the dog
0: the... and we eat them on the dog poop dishes which is a set of beautiful dishes that my aunt has that have two little dogs looking at a christmas tree on them and the dogs have little like footprints in the snow but it looks like dogs.
1: Yeah. Shout out to our aunt, Cynthia, who listens to the show and is just the best.
0: And has the dog poop dishes.
1: Uh, So what are some of the weird food traditions that you've
0: got? Well, first I wanted to talk about ours. So our family is very big on horse d'orves, also known as hors d'oeuvres.
1: If you watch any family video from the holidays, it... At least 15 minutes of that home video from Christmas or Thanksgiving is of us all sitting around filling up on hors d'oeuvres.
0: Yeah. And so, what are some of those hors d'oeuvres we eat, Alex?
1: There were always blue cheese. There was always, always the, like, a wedge ha- of
0: blue cheese.
1: Yeah. There were always potato chips with. Um, what kind green of potato chips? Dip. Buffles.
0: Buffles, which is what we- our family calls. Ruffles. Ruffles <laughs> Frito Lay potato chips. Uh, why do we, we call al- them buffles? Do you Because on the package,
1: because on the package it looks like it says buffles.
0: Oh, is that why?
1: Yeah, the R is poorly designed. <laughs> That's um, hilarious. And we also have half pennies, which are pretty much an adult cheese it.
0: Now you're correct. I will correct you though in saying it's actually pronounced half pennies.
1: Oh, like in the English way?
0: Yeah, I th- always thought it was half pennies, but it's happenies. Oh, okay. But it's essentially a homemade adult cheese it.
1: Yeah, those are v good. Dad They're made those so little good. sausage cups that death are good. Death caps, death caps, which are like these little, um, I don't know, this little like uh, crusty. How, how, I don't know what. It's what, a flaky
0: pastry me? cup that's filled with cheese slash sausage. Essentially, <laughs> pigs in a blanket, pigs in a blanket which are little smokies wrapped in uh, Pillsbury. Dough? <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't even know what I what yeah. specifically. Um, smoked oysters? Yep. Uh, what else is there? There's more, I'm sure. Lately, I've been making lumpia or queso dip pockets. I don't even know what you'd yeah. call them.
1: It's a lot. I mean, it's a lot of stuff to have before a, a big,
0: huge Christmas dinner. Yeah, we're definitely a horse de family.
1: And, and we would do it before every meal. It was not before every meal, but before every dinner. So, like... We'd, christmas eve we would do it christmas we would do it the next day after christmas we would do it like we would always just do like we always did it
0: so for this episode i wanted to talk about some of those fun family traditions that other people do
1: do you remember the christmas that we got into grandma's gin
0: oh yeah i think i was how old were you do you remember because i feel like i was 14 but i might have been no
1: no, no 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 we were way older
0: i was i wasn't you old were, enough you to were, drink like, yet
1: no, you were, like, 19 and I was 17 or something like that. We oh, We were not really? old enough okay. to drink.
0: But we were, I definitely wasn't 12. But we were definitely taking shots at beef eater Gin, <laughs> which is not the way to do it. I, I don't really remember why we decided to do that, because, like, I
1: i was not, like, a partier in high school. I didn't drink, and I don't condone No, we were teenagers just drinking, having, like, a
0: fun Christmas, I think. Definitely almost knocked over the Christmas tree. Well. I can't
1: believe nobody noticed. Well, they were... <laughs> real oh that's true that's true uh anyway okay so what so some of your friends have some funny crazy uh christmas dishes
0: yeah okay so speaking speaking of horsey orbs um my friend brandon submitted this A Sousa family favorite is doritos with ranch dipping sauce and the good shit like sour cream mixed with hidden valley ranch And the key is that it has to sit in the fridge overnight to soak in the flavors. That is correct. So he told me that, and I I know that about ranch dipping sauces as a fan of them. And then he submitted this. So my response was, I love it. So ranch flavored Doritos into ranch dip. And then he elevated it with, oh, no, no, no. Nacho flavored Doritos.
1: What?
0: (laughs) My response was a... Gif of Andy Dwyer from Parks and Rec being surprised.
1: Okay, so wait. So they would crunch up
0: so, nacho no, no, no. flavor. So they would make an at-home ranch dip out of sour cream and Hidden Valley Ranch flavoring. And then eat it with Doritos. How you... And then eat it with nacho cheese Doritos.
1: Oh, my God. Wow. Decadent. Wow. Okay. Okay. All right.
0: He's, he calls it classy with a capital K.
1: Yeah, that definitely it sounds pairs... like something I could order in a bowling alley.
0: It pairs nicely with a Beringer's Finest White. (laughs) 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 Excellent, okay. All right, what else do you got? Okay, my friend Katie says uh, in her family they do have a layered or a stacked salad that is cheese, mayo, lettuce, apples, mayo, cheese, lettuce.
1: Oh, wow. I mean,
0: I'm sure it's delicious. (sighs)
1: That's a lot of but mayo. For some
0: people, mayo. <laughs> what I was say. I'm pretty sure you said it for twice. Some... Yeah. Oh, yeah. I did. It's two separate layers. Wow. Two layers for the mayo. Layered salads. That's a thing for some people. My f- that's a lot of mayo. Go ahead. Sorry. I just was saying that's a lot of mayo. It is.
1: That's a lot of. That's a lot of effing mayo. Uh, my friend Matt told me that his mom used to bake a birthday cake on Christmas Eve and decorate it with frosting which said happy birthday, Jesus on it. Oh, well, <laughs> some,
0: it is his birthday.
1: That was my, that was my response. As,
0: my response as well was, oh, oh, um, all three of my, the Latino friends that I texted today to ask that have all said baking tamales. Oh yeah. I love that. Cause a tamales are delicious mm-hmm, mm-hmm. too. I love that. That's like a holiday thing, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
0: Um, My friend Peter's family is from Belgium, and they make a delicious cookie that is called a Lucan, I believe. Okay. There's probably various spellings. It's some kind of butter cookie with rum, and then you put it in a waffle iron to press it. God damn. It's kind of a laborious recipe, I'm told, and it produces a lot of smoke and could easily catch fire to Mm -hmm. your house. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But it just sounds delicious, doesn't it?
1: Oh, that sounds great. I love when people yeah. do homemade stuff like that, homemade or like homemade candy like our aunt Paula who listens to the show. Shout out to Paula by the way who's given us some mm-hmm. uh, some some love on Facebook. Uh, she makes some incredible candy. Oh yeah. She does like the um hasn't she made like homemade peanut butter cups and like toffee oh, and of stuff. Of course, of course. Yeah, she does some cool also, shit. Also
0: we'd be we would be remiss to men- to not mention that our mom makes delicious fudge.
1: Yeah, mom makes great fudge.
0: And our dad makes delicious peanut brittle.
1: Yeah, yeah. One time, dad made the peanut brittle with bacon in it. And bacon's a flavor bully, but I kind of liked it with the... Uh... But
0: paired against the sweetness of the peanut yeah, brittle? that I thought that it was kind of good.
1: It. I thought it was kind of good.
0: Um. So, my friend Sarah, like our family, does prime rib for Christmas dinner. Like that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they also do funeral potatoes. Now, they don't call them funeral potatoes, but my Mormon friends call them funeral potatoes. And it is essentially a baked macaroni and cheese, but instead of macaroni, it's fucking potatoes. Yeah, that
1: sounds so good. I love potatoes with cheese on them.
0: Oh, God. And you know what? Her mom makes them better than anybody I know. Mm. I, I, I'm I sorry. I'm sorry. I have to say it. It is unreal. It's so delicious. Her mom also makes uh, creamy pesto dressing from Spaghetti Factory, but homemade. and It's amazing.
1: Oh, Oh my God. I love that.
0: So to take a quick break from food, I want to say that Ella Walker,
1: she's a good friend of ours. She's a, she's a beautiful dancer and an actor and dating our best friend, Sam. And yeah. her family owns the Firestone Walker Brewing Company.
0: So th- one of their, so they have, which is several. my favorite beer, by the way,
1: not, not oh, and, and yeah. honestly, it was my favorite beer before I even knew Ella.
0: True. The DBA is my favorite. And I recently learned that's also Polly's favorite. So I feel very validated. 805 all the way, baby. I love 805 too, but the DBA is—it's got to be my favorite. To
1: our California listeners, drink 805 beer. They're 805. I mean, they're Firestone Walker. Give us a sponsorship.
0: Oh, it's so good, y'all! It's yeah. so good.
1: Oh my god, it tastes like home. Anyway, sorry, sorry, I interrupted.
0: So she, so I asked her about some family traditions, and she sent me ones that were not food-related, but they're definitely worth mentioning.
1: That family knows how to throw a party.
0: So first of all, racing charades. She says, "Quote, I love it." Because we're a performing family, both her and her mom are actresses, and then also the rest of the family is our characters. So it's definitely a good time, and I've been there, so it's fun. I can I can confirm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, anyway, they play charades in relay race form. Wow, really? It's very race fun. Form. Wow. They also do this thing that I really like that I would actually like to include in my future family traditions, and that is toasting absent friends and family. They go around the table. And they toast to somebody who's not there. And they kind of just say, like, I'd like to toast to this person and here's why. Oh, I love that. It's very, very sweet. And it has to be somebody who's not present. And it's just, I don't know. I've experienced it a couple times now and it's always just really warmed my heart.
1: I love that. That's it. We should do that. Let's do that this year.
0: Yeah, we should. They also toast the person to their left And it's fun because their holiday, like their Thanksgiving especially, is very inclusive. It's not just family. And they'll invite other people also. Like I did a Thanksgiving with them where we did this. And the nice thing is, is the person to your left is not always someone you know. So it's a good way to kind of meet people and get to know them and also just spread some purely holiday love.
1: Yeah, I think that that's great. I love that. I absolutely, excuse me, I absolutely love that. We should start doing that.
0: We should I like it. they also do a midnight Bailey's Irish cream on Christmas Eve toast, which is fun
1: can can we also say as as we're talking about family traditions and like we just had the movie pick and all of that um Christmas music just real fast, I want to talk about. My favorite Christmas album, which is Harry Connick Jr.'s When My Heart Finds Christmas. If you haven't done that, and if you're having a hard time getting in the Christmas spirit, do yourself a big favor and and check out Harry Connick Jr.'s When My Heart Finds Christmas album. Such a good Christmas album.
0: It's probably my very favorite Christmas album.
1: Yeah, yeah. And- I've
0: also been told that CeeLo Green has a really good one, and I've listened to it, and I concur, but still... Harry Connick Jr., When My Heart Finds Christmas, is the best one.
1: Uh, Have you listened to Leslie Odom Jr.'s Christmas
0: album? No, but now I fucking will. Are you kidding?
1: Uh, It's very good. Leslie Odom Jr., for those of you who don't know, which most of you do, uh, was one of the original cast members of Hamilton on Broadway, and he has a Christmas album that's incredible. Christmas tradition is an interesting thing. Uh, it's it's something that people hold very, very close to themselves, and I, I think it's very important to hang on to as we grow up and um, become adults. I think it's really, you know, some people really hate Christmas music and, and aren't really into Christmas, and, and that makes me kind of sad. It's something I look forward to all year.
0: Yeah, I agree. Should we get back into our friends' weird holiday food traditions? Yeah,
1: if you got a couple more. I mean, we're, we're getting, we're about, we're over 15 minutes on this, so, you know. Yeah, I
0: just have like two more. Okay. So, um, uh, this is our ringler ref also for this episode. He says, uh, our family's a little weird, which I love. We usually do a Christmas Eve dinner at a friend's house or my aunt's house. Day of Christmas, we usually cook frozen appetizers like cheese sticks, jalapeno poppers, fried clams, et cetera, and eat those right after our silly string fight. What? What? Yeah. First of all, I love me a frozen appetizer. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. Yeah, me
1: too. I am not ashamed. Trader Joyce has some really good ones if you want to try to be fancy about it, but I'll do some, I'll do some. So does Costco. Yeah. Yeah. I'll do some, some, you know, stop and shop frozen shit.
0: But a silly string fight.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. I would love to know how that started.
0: That's fun. Uh, Our friend Sam Lavier makes some of the best Brussels sprouts I've ever had. Yes. Yes, some of the best roasted Brussels. That's sprouts. I
1: believe I think that's his mom Sally's recipe.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, she, killing it. I love Sally, some. That shit's I love delicious. some
1: roasted Brussels
0: sprouts. Our friend Tyler says my grandma makes this weird Jello salad that we call the pink stuff. It's Cool Whip, a pack of cherry Jello mix, and a can of fruit cocktail. Nobody likes it at all, and it's also served with the ham and green beans and all that shit. Not even as a dessert, but we all eat it. And she doesn't know we don't like it, and we don't understand it at all. But I guess it was popular in the 60s, lol.
1: Well, I gotta say, man, she's gonna be disappointed when she hears that on the show.
0: Because <laughs> she's an avid list. Because grandma is in, in for podcast. a
1: frickin' surprise when she tunes into this episode of Nobody's in New York and hears that.
0: But seriously, you all, if you have weird shit that your family eats, send it to me. I love this. Oh, I love this kind of stuff. stuff. I live for it. I love hearing about it. If there's weird stuff, yeah, weird stuff or even just different stuff, even if it's not gross or weird, just send your family traditions to me. I love it.
1: Um, And also, I want to say real quick, just to stay on brand with New York. You know, when I first moved to New York City, I remember I will never forget my first Christmas season away from home. And I, I was able to go home for Christmas. But the weeks mm-hmm. leading up to it were so difficult, man. I was so lonely and I was sad. And I had to really challenge myself to to make it feel like Christmas for myself, you know, because it doesn't, yeah, like I said, yeah. it doesn't.
0: You have to do the work.
1: Yeah. So I found some, I made a Christmas playlist and I would listen to that on the subway. Um, you know, I did some Christmas shopping, some window shopping. Um, I just tried to find ways to to really make it feel I went out with my friends and had, you know, toddies or had people over like if you move to the city, especially if you move around Christmas, the Christmas season or you're there for the Christmas season, it's your first Christmas away from home. All I can say is take the time to connect with people, think about those traditions and and do them yourself because it doesn't happen by magic. You know, you got to, you got to make it feel no. like Christmas. That's
0: I'm glad you said that. That's very correct. Yeah. All right, you guys, write in to us about your favorite holiday food traditions, drink traditions, all that kind of thing, because let's talk about it. I, I honestly, I don't, I can't explain it to you, but I love that shit.
1: Yeah, I do too. I, well, I love hearing, I love hearing about junk food for sure.
0: Yeah, but also maybe try uh, the Firestone Walker tradition this year. Toast somebody who's not there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely A friend or a family member They can be alive or not um, Present or not It
1: could be the Nobody's in New York podcast A great way to share the episode
0: Yeah, there you go But um, I was there for Thanksgiving with them one year And we did that And it was it was really nice It was my first Thanksgiving away from family and So to be able to toast to them was nice I, I encourage that That's
1: one of the things I love about the holidays Is having somebody over who's not a part of the family um, A friend or somebody who doesn't have anywhere else to go It's kind of a special thing
0: Yeah, it is.
1: Uh, All right. Well, this has been... uh, Fatty, fatty,
0: no friends. Fatty, fatty, no friends.
1: All right. Well, now it's time for the part of the show where we have our interview. And this week, I am so freaking honored to introduce Mr. Clyde Elves. Well, hello there. Clyde, thank you so much, man. It's nothing. What are <laughs> it's you talking about? Such such an honor to have you on the show. So I met Clyde. Um, I've been, my, Tim and I have been huge fans um, for years. So I and have two fans.
2: That's fantastic. Two whole
1: fans. Yeah, two that. nobodies in New York. And um, <laughs> Tim got me turned on to uh, your social media, Robin's social media. You guys are hysterical. Um, obviously, been following your theatrical career for a long time. And uh, this guy came here. We're, we are coming at you from the Goodspeed uh, oh, nice. Opera House. Yes. And uh, Clyde has so... Uh so graciously agreed to interview between his shows. So, we met this summer. I was doing Oliver. You were in rehearsals for Correct. Jersey Chaperone.
2: Correct. And I was on that, I, when I came to see the show, I was like, who is that guy? And now here we are. Now here <laughs> the we are. guy with those hideous That's true. Jumps. That's true. I was like, oh, this guy This guy can dance. That's, that is that, is, wow, wow. Okay, what an honor. Um, I saw those tours. Were they soda boss. Oh, God, on it.
1: Yeah, little, little chasse tours. Yeah, yeah, very nice. On a dime.
2: Very, on a dime. Literally.
1: It's, I, I, that was one of the more stressful things I've done on stage. It's not even that impressive of a thing, but there's just no room to freaking do it. I so. liked it. I, I found it impressive. Oh, you. Okay, so um, so Clyde, um, you are, you're in, you're about to close Drowsy Chaperone.
2: Yeah, I cannot believe we only have three shows left. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I, I came in his his contracts like, oh, we have three months and now uh, it's almost done.
1: Yeah, the contracts here are long.
2: Yeah, so long. get those insurance weeks. That's right. That's right. That's the plus. One of them.
1: So, <laughs> so for those of you, and, and many of you know who who Clyde is. Um, you Clyde, you were just a just a brief a uh, brief little history of some of the stuff you've done, some of your Broadway credits. Um, two thousand, you were in Music Man. Yes, um, and that
2: was Stroman who did that. That was Susan Stroman. It, that that's what brought me to the city, sort of permanently. Yeah,
1: was that your first job in New York?
2: I rehearsed a production of Fame the Musical, which oh, uh-huh. many notables were on that tour. It was a U.S. tour, mm-hmm. and that was in 1998, and I rehearsed um, in the city in 1998. That was my first kind of f- feel of like, oh, I'm a professional in New York City. Mm-hmm. And then two years later, I moved permanently to the city with you know this Broadway gig, The Music Man. Jesus.
1: And, and you were Tommy g in that. I was. And, and then you, and you did the movie as well.
2: I did. It's like three years later we shot the movie, which was like a totally different team and and production and uh, group and all that. But, uh, yeah, they were looking – I guess they were auditioning in Toronto for that movie, for the Tommy and Zanitas because they shot the movie in Toronto. Oh, all Um, right. And I'm from Toronto. I was like inquiring about Mm -hmm. it forever and nobody knew anything about it. And then I guess they were having – they didn't find who they wanted yet in, in Toronto and decided to do last-minute auditions in the city. And I was in the city doing um, Susan Stroman's Oklahoma, that revival that right. happened. Mm-hmm. And that's when I auditioned for it and was hired for
1: it. Oh, wow. It. Yeah. Oh, shit. I th- See, I had figured that you... Since you had just done it on Broadway, they had yeah they just no, decided it wasn't the, movie. the
2: case, yeah, talking to the producers like, you know we really want to do something different, we actually really wanted to cast everybody different, mm-hmm. but uh you know apparently myself and and Adams, Adam it was it was like they liked what we did, mm-hmm. and after not being able to cast it out of uh Toronto supposedly was their story, they had us in
1: wow okay yeah. so and then and then after that you um and that that movie it was with Matthew Broderick it and was. Kristen Chenoweth a lot yeah. of awesome Molly people. Shannon, Victor yeah. Garber, crazy, crazy. I remember watching that as a kid on TV. <laughs> um, and then two, th- yeah, so like you said, you were Jess in Oklahoma, and that was in two thousand mm-hmm. uh, two. Two thousand two, you also did Hairspray, right? You were a swing. I did,
2: yeah, yeah. I was a vacation swing, yeah,
1: vacation swing. And then oh, I mean, I mean, this list is so long. Two thousand three, you were in Wicked uh, as uh, you you ended up replacing Bach were the dance captain. Um, anything goes. You did nice work if you can get it. I did. Now, you ended up, you took over Jimmy.
2: I didn't, actually. I, oh. um, I sort of, into the, a little bit into the run, they needed another cover, so I ended up Auditioning for the cover, got the cover, and then towards the end, um, Matthew was out, and and so was uh, Joey Sorge, was was the guy who had been going on Mm -hmm. normally. Joey was not in that day, and I ended up going on, and it was like this big old, like, you know, I've always wanted to to do the song and dance thing. Yeah. And I was, the way that role was constructed, you know... Matthew Broderick isn't necessarily known for his his, his dancing abilities. abilities. <laughs> but she, uh, yeah. you know, um, Kathleen Marshall really sort of like stretched him in that area. I was like, this mm. is a full on song and dance role, so it um, really is. I was I was really pleased to be able to go on, and, and it sort of lit this this fire and this realization in me that, you know, I I over the years matured into this kind of performer, and then very like literally like three days later, I had an audition for On the Town, and I was just in this different zone.
1: And that I mean, and that is again a quintessential song and dance. Yes, where it requires like Jimmy, it. Requ- I had I got to play Jimmy with uh, a on a, in that show with a, a much smaller company than than the Broadway company. Uh, but <laughs> where? it, it is it's a company called Summer Repertory Theater in okay. California. Oh, cool! One of my first jobs out of school. is just a theater where it's a it gives. Young actors a chance to beef up the resume. Mm, cool, and that is one of those parts that that you're right. I mean, you really have to be. I mean, it's very stylized. The show is very yes. stylized. Yes, uh, in terms of the acting, um, but it, it really kicked my butt in terms of the dancing. And mm-hmm. then and those, I mean, to get to sing those Gershwin songs yeah. is so much fun. Glorious. And, whereas with Tommy, you know, you're you're obviously a fantastic dancer, but he's not a featured vocalist. Yeah, no, he so. has like
2: uh, like a, sh- a little duet. Oh, the Wells Fargo way. Yeah, right, right, <laughs>
1: exactly, exactly. And then Bach, you know, Bach's more of a vocal track. So, yeah. so I guess up until then, I mean, you had not really been featured no, as. I mean, the
2: one thing that I had that I did, like maybe or, oh, when I was maybe like when I was twenty-five or so, was that um, I replaced um, in New York um, in that show, Alter Boys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you know that was I don't have ever seen that show, but that was like all song and dance, and it was just five guys on stage the whole time, sure, that was like you know one of the more more featured things that i had I had done up until that date um yeah, and uh, so so Jimmy Jimmy Winter was like you know the big one. I never let I've never literally led a show yeah. before, and he does not leave the stage. Yeah, and that was yeah that was like a like a nice little throwback. Like doesn't leave the stage, song and mm-hmm. dance guy and comedy. Um, so I actually did play the role later on. Oh, okay. at a music theater, Wichita. Oh, okay, okay. And uh got to sort of make it, you know, for, further my Got to made like it my really own. do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so, yeah.
1: And then and then after that was of, of course on the town, which you yes. did with uh Jay Armstrong Johnson and uh Tony Asbeck who That's I right. mentioned just about every episode on this show. I'm a big <laughs> Tony, <fan of> Tony. <laughs> and you guys are good friends.
2: We are. Yeah, we um I met him up at, at maine Main State Music Theater mm-hmm. in in Brunswick, Maine. Mm-hmm. Um what was that, 2001, I believe? And that was the same year I met Robin. So we had all worked um, uh, in a couple shows up there. What was it? It was Guys and Dolls was the first show, and then it was Scarlet Pimpernel right after that. Oh, okay, very cool. So we did those shows together, and we all met, and and, and my wife, uh, you know, Robin Herter, was an intern at the time, and Tony and I got to know each other, and we became pretty close, and then did, you know, some shows, and and then lots of years went by. We kind of, like, went our own ways a little bit, and then um, I kind of, like... Funny enough, like about a year before, on the town happened, we started sort of like hanging out again, and uh, you know, just ended, just as buds, just as buds again. You know what I mean? We used to, we used to hang out a lot, and then mm-hmm. like, life happens, right, right, um, and then uh, yeah, we just sort of like. Kind of got really back in touch with each other, hanging out a little more. And I think I invited him to one of like my thirtieth birthday party uh-huh. or something like that. And uh, you know, within the year, uh, the auditions for On the Town up at Barrington happened. And we somehow—I mean, Tony had been attached with that project because mm-hmm. it was John Rando who had uh, done a production in um, at Encore's. I think it was two thousand seven or somewhere mm-hmm. around there and uh it, it was really well received and i think they might have wanted they wanted to do something with that production mm-hmm. but then you know the, the the housing the market crashed and and things got weird and the show mm-hmm. never happened but i think john was knew that there was a lot more and he didn't, you know, in, in an Encore's production you don't have that much time to really fully you know, right. flesh out your ideas. So right. I think got, the show had what, like, like a month at the most. Yeah, it's like three weeks. Three altogether. weeks of rehearsals, right? Or two weeks of rehearsals. Typically two yeah. and summer or something like that mm-hmm. and then like five, six shows. Yeah. So nothing. I think it's it, John wanted to do more with it and um, he has, you know, a relationship with uh, Julianne Boyd up at Barrington Stage Company mm-hmm. and um, I think when they were discussing shows, John brought it up, and she thought it was a great idea, and John really, really, really wanted to do to make it where the three so- sailors did the whole thing, mm-hmm. as opposed to previous productions in New York. All the pre- pre- previous productions that had been done in New York City, at certain points, the three sailors are swapped out for people who can really dance, um, no and so kidding. that was, that's that's how I wound up in that world. Is that wow. John wanted to find someone who could, you know, comedic, mm-hmm. who could pull off the character and could also carry the dance stuff. So right, that's right. How we we were all cast together, and,
1: and and you were Aussie in that.
2: I was Aussie, yeah. So Tony had was sorry to go back to where I started. Tony was it was in the encore's production, so he was the only one that crossed over into that next. Oh
1: production. wow, yeah. wow. And and I tell you what, I mean those song and dance. Uh, I mentioned I mentioned Drowsy briefly. I just saw this guy. It, which I, I wish i could advertise more on this show if it weren't closing but i mean you have it, it's it, this the tap number that you do in drowsy is absolutely oh, insane thanks, it's like man. watching gene and donald o'connor oh, i mean it's, well
2: that's funny you should say that because you know like tap in the last i don't know four or five years is something that i've always tapped but mm-hmm. it's becoming more of like a, a joy and focus of mine I'm oh just, yeah as i'm getting older it's just my body wants to move that way more oh okay um and so you know, I, I do Tony's show, uh, you know, a few times, and we do Moses in that show. Um, but this really is like a new age Moses. I told Tony, I was like, "You got oh, yeah. this is a really cool number," and it's all uh, Chris Bailey. A lot of the times in these specialized numbers, you have the guys, you know, or or, or ladies that are involved bring what they do to the to the table, mm-hmm. and you know. Ninety-nine point nine 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 percent of this was all Chris Bailey. He mapped it out and crafted it wonderfully, and it's it's it it's really nice to do and a joy. And it, the audience seems to be enjoying it.
1: Yeah, it's I mean, it was it was fantastic. It was so gripping, and and Chris has done an incredible job throughout the entire show of everything yeah. he's choreographed. I assume with the with the brothers, the uh, the pastry yes. chefs. he's Everything that they have done is so perfectly choreographed and and funny. I mean, this is a show where it requires a choreographer to not just be involved in the dance numbers. I would assume he was a big part throughout the entire blocking process. Yeah, I, process.
2: I think him and Hunter had, had like a really good thing going. I feel mm-hmm. like they have an understanding of each other. They both just naturally work the same way. They're both really nice people, so mm-hmm. they're not stepping on each other's toes. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, Hunter they, is such a respectful Yeah, you know, director. one person picks up where the other one leaves mm-hmm. off, and it was just a really joyous, easy, fun, but focused uh, process. Perfect. It was really one of the it better shows. things that we've had. It shows. So
1: uh, I also want to ask you about, you're, you're, you are um, obviously a song and dance man. Your wife, Robin Herder, is... We have said in the past on the show she is Broadway. She is so <laughs> talented. She was speaking of encores and Tony Asbeck. She yes. was just doing uh, Cassie in Chorus Line there, which I wish I could have oh, seen. It's unbelievable! I, it, look, my roommate was in it, and he oh he was understudying Tony, and he, I is. saw all the videos that all of them posted. Yes. It just looked incredible. I know you got to sneak away to see some rehearsals and stuff. I right? snuck
2: in to see some rehearsals, and then. I... The lovely Goodspeed allowed me out on their gala performance evening, which was their first night. So I saw it on the first night. Oh,
1: good. Oh, very cool. What a good husband. (laughs) Uh, So I wanted to ask you, uh, what is it like – because you have a son who um, Robin posts a lot of on on social media. He he looks – Tim has said looks like the perfect balance between a little (laughs) – just a little – devil child and also the perfect amount of sweet i mean uh, he is such a charming kid yeah.
2: well you've you've never met him but you hit it you know right on the head. Well she posts a lot of videos that's so. Basically
1: <laughs> it. so how do you now i know a couple uh, a week or two ago you had you had to leave a performance here because you had to go home and be a dad and and if you could just kind of talk about what that's like balancing you know being a family man and um and having to leave because you were just at ogunk playing um mm-hmm. uh for American in Paris, playing, yes, um, yes, uh,
2: Jerry, Jerry, Jerry Mulligan.
1: So, how do you do that? How do you balance that out with leaving? And, and you know, Robin's about to do Moulin Rouge, and well, you guys are,
2: you know, it's just a puzzle. And we can, we can, we, we what we don't know is how it's going to work out. But we just take what's in front of us and we make the best decisions we can. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's never a perfect situation, um, or maybe it just rarely is. Um, either she's doing a show and I'm at home, or I'm at a, sh- I'm doing a show and she's at home but lately um we've been I, I i've certainly have gotten more specific with the kinds of shows and roles that I've been wanting to do so <laughs> that you know what goes along with that is like traveling and you know sure. doing a show here in this sure. city and that has complicated things um but we basically, you know, a lot of the times one of our salaries just goes to child care. Or, <laughs> or if my right. mom's available, you know, she'll, she'll – the whole in. thing up with, with uh, American in Paris up at Gunkwit was, to be quite honest, um, I knew that Robin was going to be up there for a few months doing Moulin Rouge because the tech was up there and the mm-hmm. run was up there. So I literally – I've actually never done this in my life, but I, I turned on my maps. Oh, <laughs> really? My phone. Uh-huh. And I just, you know, typed in like theater or theaters. Or, uh-huh. And I just looked at what theaters were in the area of uh-huh. Boston. And I and then I and I was like, wait a minute, a gunkwit's there. I've always wanted to work at a gunkwit. It's not there, but it's like forty-five minutes yeah. north. Mm-hmm. And Robin's parents are still, still live in Maine. So, oh, okay. I was thinking, if I could get a show at a gunkwit. Yeah, 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 then I'd be kind of close to Robin, and I'd be close enough to her parents where we would have childcare. That's, so, a, that's long amazing. Long story short, American in Paris happened, and um, so I, I. I went after it because of those things that would work out in our life uh-huh. and it worked out that doesn't wow. always happen no, in no. fact it rarely happens rarely, that way yeah. um, and then lo and behold I got to do this really amazing role in this actually really wonderful production um, that was held by Jeffrey Denman that was just really. I'm really happy I got to do that for yeah. Um, another
1: one of those classic song and yeah, dance
2: yeah but, but you know the answer to your question is like we don't know how it's going to work but we just take what's in front of us and we do it you know and mm-hmm. um, with robin doing what she's been doing now and me being up here uh, you know she was okay to take care of hudson until this chorus line thing happened which actually happened very quickly so then i called my mom was like mom what are you doing she's like well i'm doing this this and that i'm like well could you rearrange it and yeah. come stay with us for a month and she's like yeah i could do that wow so that's how we made that happen wow you know um sometimes we both get shows at the same time mm-hmm. and it doesn't it's just not appropriate or she gets an offer and i get an offer and, and we just you know uh sometimes reluctantly pass because Mm -hmm. it doesn't work out in our life so it does mean that we we do give up a lot of work Mm -hmm. but you know uh the work is important Mm because we have to pay our bills yeah but we have a a larger sort of like world happening that we have everything has to sort of fit into the puzzle
1: wow wow all right well that that's a that is a perfect perfect answer to that question (laughs) um it's funny to talk to you about these sorts of things because when you when you watch somebody's career from afar um it's e- like take the Music Man thing with, the, with Broadway into the movie. It's easy to think, oh, well, obviously they had him come in and play Jerry because he's Clyde Alves. And he we probably just told him he was interested in it. And then they want, you know, and it's, it, that's, that's not the case. You still have to go in and. Yeah,
2: you know, I mean, oops, sorry. Just right. punched the mic. It's OK. I'm, Tim now, does it about five just, times an episode. It yeah, so. just made me really mad. No. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, you know, you never know. Mm-hmm. This business is so funny. Yeah. Sometimes you think you have a connection, and then and then you realize, oh, I, I, I guess I don't, or I do, right. and f- there's something else going on. Um, if if I'm going to talk candidly about what actually happened with that production, is they they asked me to audition, they, and I wasn't around. I was actually with Robin in Seattle, uh, working at the Fifth Avenue Theater. We did the oh, right. production of Kiss Me Cake right. there and so they were doing the auditions and I got a, uh, they asked me about if I was interested in doing the show or that show because I actually inquired about something else at a gun quick mm-hmm. which fell through oh okay and they inquired then they asked me about my interest in American and Paris I was like wait even better <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so you know my agent was like do you want to put yourself on tape I was like hell yeah of course I will for that role yes yeah. mm-hmm. so I did put myself on tape long story short I got the show um, and then talking to Jeff afterwards or in, in the rehearsals Jeff mm-hmm. Denman he was just like, "Oh, you know i I've always wanted to work with you, mm-hmm. and I said, "I feel the same way. I always want to work with you, so I never know how much of it was the actual audition and how much sure. of it was you know, and sometimes you know one person wants you, but the other people, whether it be the producer or someone else, is like, "Well, I don't know his work or mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to see so right. um." it isn't always about like, you know, having a connection with one person because a lot of the times it's like five different people are making the decision. So, um, yeah, anyway, I happily put myself on tape for that and it worked out. So amazing. Yeah.
1: Um, so, uh, speaking of things, um, not happening the way that we expect them in theater and, and, rolling with, with the punches. Uh, can you tell me what is one of your most embarrassing stage moments?
2: Well, um, one of my more uh, embarrassing states – jeez, I have a lot. <laughs> I don't know how racy I can go.
1: <laughs> oh, oh. this We have the explicit label put on this, Do on you? this podcast. Oh, yeah.
2: Okay. 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 All right. Well, uh, hopefully my sister doesn't listen to this one day. Um, <laughs> we have
1: a huge follower. <laughs> she probably does. <laughs>
2: Well, if I'm going to be honest, I'll just tell you the mo- the actual most embarrassing moment, which was um, well, you know, I fall a lot. I've like people, oh god, I, I feel so good a lot. knowing that. I'm oh, so
1: glad you just said that. <laughs> and you know, I,
2: I I liken it to you know, I, I like to dance on the edge. You know, exactly. if it's not on the edge, it's not it's not exciting. Don't hold back. So I fall a lot. So I can tell you <laughs> many stories about falling, and the audience gasping.
1: Okay. In and the oh, and the audience gasping. And the audience <laughs> you said into and, the audience. Uh, never quite.
2: No, I've caught myself, but I've never actually fallen into the pit or into the audience, which is wonderful. But um, the most embarrassing story, this happened quite some time ago. And um, I told it to uh, somebody who I was seeing and is since then became my wife. And I think she says uh, that's the moment when I knew I would, I would really like <laughs> you, when you actually told me that story. <laughs> oh, right. Juicy. So I was vacation swinging for hairspray. Mm-hmm. And um, I had just finished my first stint with the show, which was <laughs> in New York. And then the show ended, and I called my friend Nicholas Jamard and, I was, and he was doing the Toronto production, or at least they were, they were rehearsing it and, and just went into previews. One of the guys heard himself. He says, we, we were looking for uh, you know, such and such. And I was like, well, I just finished here. Tell him, tell him I'm available. Mm-hmm. So he literally did, and they literally just said, oh, great, and they had me come over. So oh, I wow. went and I filled in uh, for, for some time uh, while they were putting up the show, Hairspray in Toronto. And so I was back home. Because my family's in Toronto. Well, most of oh, my okay. family's in Toronto. And my little sister, uh, really, who's in the business, um, really oh, decided. amazing. Yeah, who really is like, she's like, wow, well, I got the family, and I'm, and I'm grown up now, and mm-hmm. I just, I want to make, I want to make a dish for my family. We're all going to sit down, and I'm going to make a lunch, <laughs> and they're all going to eat it. And I was just like, oh, that's nice. So she makes this chicken dish, and it has, you know, like a little more olive oil than I, I you know, would normally have in any dish okay but i wanted it to be nice and i just kept eating It's like oh it's pretty oily but it's good it's delicious yeah. we're all here <laughs> it's the family yeah yeah we're all having a good time and my little sister's growing up and she made food for us so i eat this whole thing i drive to toronto because we live outside of toronto and like about at half hour my stomach kind of drops i'm like oh God, uh, i'm shit. feeling so great mm-hmm. um but i was like it's fine i always have like stomach issues so i was like it's normal and then like as the show starts i'm just like you know what I think I actually have to tighten, <laughs> tighten, tighten a certain something. <laughs> like, my, yeah, I think I have to hold it in. <laughs> so I start the show. It's so high energy. You know, good morning, Baltimore, all that happens. And I'm, like, pinching myself. And um, <laughs> it was Nicest Kids in Town, and I'm poning and poning and poning, And then I, like, go into that, like, sort of, like, hip-sit, like, out. Uh-huh. And I just relaxed my butt for one, <laughs> like, a half a second. And something happened where it became really kind of wet down there. <laughs> and I was like, "No, you're shitting me." No way. Yeah, That's yeah. got to be sweat down there. That has got to be sweat. I continue the number. I'm poning. I'm jumping around. I'm like, "That is, it's got to be sweat." At the end of the number, I go downstairs. I check it. Yeah, I fully. Oh It just slipped. No. It just slipped. <laughs> It was like a duck, you know what I mean. It was, (laughs) it was watery, um, but it was there. Wow. Um, and that's not the only time that it's happened to me on stage. But I don't know how much time we (laughs) have.
1: Oh, my. Okay, I gotta tell you, man. That is not. That is not the kind of story I thought you were gonna tell me. (laughs) Um, Wow. I shot myself on stage. (laughs) Wow. I cannot wait to advertise. uh, Advertise that. No, that is. Thank you. Wow. Thank you for sharing. Um, so we got to wrap this up soon. So um, my next question for you: um, Speaking of um, shitting your pants, mm-hmm. what is your favorite restaurant in New York City? We talk a lot about food on this podcast.
2: Yeah. So you know now any our audience sp- is definitely you know, any, hungry. Yeah. Now that you're ready for uh, the kind of food that I eat, um, it, you know it's an it's a, it's oily old, oily chicken oily oily chicken and then pony around <laughs> with lots of lights <laughs> and a sweater. Yeah, shake it loose. Um, Becco. Becco, the restaurant. Becco. Hi, pal. <laughs> did they did they tell you about this? No, they didn't tell room. you about this. No. We're almost done. That's okay. John Shearer, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, the man in the chair
1: <laughs> of the jazzy chaperone here at the Goodspeed. Is, we're we're si- I'm sitting in his dressing room spot.
2: Um. Yeah. So, Becco. Becco, you heard of that restaurant? It's no, on I restaurant haven't. row. Oh, okay. It's an Italian. It's an old, old staple restaurant, but it's still there. It's like the only one that's lasted that long. Oh wow! Um, and it's just like this Italian restaurant. Great wine, great food. Um, you know, reasonable price. I think it's closer to Ninth Ave, um, right? You know, on Forty Sixth Street. It's delicious. Becco. Becco. It's around and it's always full because you've got you know it's on Restaurant Row for mm-hmm, one, mm-hmm. but number two, like you just have people coming back and back and back, and it's quality food and it's and they treat you really well amazing um, and we have some friends that work there so
1: oh there you go all right so becco on restaurant row yeah. uh, near ninth avenue yeah. we'll we'll put in the details at the end of the podcast absolutely um so uh with the last minute man any um i would love to plug your your social media or have you talked about any concerts concerts or anything you've got coming
2: up next well you know it's funny i am going to start like i do like i'm a singer songwriter mm-hmm. i play the guitar you do oh I yeah okay music and stuff amazing. so um I've put that off a lot after we had the kid. Like just things got crazy and then we bought a house uh-huh, and uh, uh-huh. juggling the career and all those things. So um, funny enough, my, ch- my time out here in Goodspeed, um, I've had, I have had enough you know, mental space to sort of sit down and, and get back on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll be, I'll be playing in the new year. I'll be putting it on my social media. Great, okay. Yeah, my, and my Instagram is what Alvesface. Is I that believe what it so. Is? Alvesface. Yeah. Face. Yeah. So that's
1: A L V E S F A C E. That's correct. Uh, yeah. Follow this guy. Follow his wife Robin Herder on Instagram. They are hysterical. <laughs> Such a beautiful family. I just saw our good buddy Alex Ringler, who we mention in every yes. episode, and had him on actually a while ago um, just spent
2: Thanksgiving with you guys. He did he's our honorary Thanksgiving guest? He's we a good toured dude. with a chorus line ten years ago, and then the tour ended and we were living up in Washington Heights or Inwood at the time and he's like I don't have any family would you guys we're like, come on over of course did and then didn't. the next year we like <laughs> Alex and he brought over his cheese ball and it was such a awesome energy we had a great time and the next year we're like come on over again and he literally has been to every Thanksgiving since except for oh, last I'm year kidding. something happened last year but he came back this year and uh, the man is lovely as ever
1: well, I, I see why you guys get along so well. Yeah. Uh, man, thank you again for being on the show. This guy did not know me. I hit him up on Instagram, and he agreed to do this yeah. before his second show of the day. So it's, well, a, it's a real I, honor, man. I just
2: felt like I had to tell my shit story. So <laughs> <thanks> <laughs> The people for...
1: have got to hear. Yeah. Um, all right, man. Well, thank you. This has been our interview with Alf's Face. Uh, bye. Thanks a
2: lot, pal. Thank you. <laughs> Oh, you know
1: what
0: that music means. It's this time to wrap it up this week.
1: Wrap it up like a present. Uh! Oh! Oh! I thought that would be good. I thought that'd be consistent with the Christmas theme.
0: That is. Um, final you thoughts! Final- yeah, yeah, I was just going to say, final thoughts this week, Alex, go ahead.
1: My final thought is, I've got my, my, I tell you what, my candles are burning low. I have been spreading Christmas cheer and really getting myself into Christmas spirit, and these candles are running low. Um, We're wrapping this here episode up, and I am about to go... Leave with my cast to the Griswold Inn in Essex, Connecticut To sing some holiday-themed sea shanties Uh And drink some beer and eat some pub food And I'm very excited about it I love that So yeah, uh, happy holidays to everybody If you're not feeling like you're in the Christmas spirit You better find some fucking Christmas music And make some fucking fudge And get yourself into the Christmas spirit
0: Yeah.
1: What's your final thought? I would like
0: to encourage everybody to take... Um, a dump. <laughs> <laughs> sure. To take a moment to see how you can spread Christmas cheer. Because for me, the best part of Christmas is what you can do for somebody else. I don't know. Maybe it's... I'm not articulating well, but the gift giving. Gift give. Gift everybody yeah. give. <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I think I think Christmas cheer manifests in a lot of different ways, you know?
0: Yeah. Also, send me weird shit that you're eating this Christmas. Oh, more importantly, send me weird shit
1: that you're <laughs> eating this Christmas. I want to know about your sweet potato macaroni and cheese covered in whipped cream that your grandma has.
0: <laughs> exactly. I want to hear your weird aunt and grandma recipes. That's really my final thought.
1: Yeah. Amazing. Amazing.
0: I love it. <laughs> I didn't do a good job this week. <laughs> That's all right. It's okay. Uh, All right, Mary, well. Merry Christmas. It's Merry Chrysler's. Christmas.
1: Happy Crumbler. Merry Chrysler. Happy Christmas. If you don't know what we're, refer- what we're referencing right there, you need to YouTube. I don't know. What would you type in? Just type in Merry Chrysler. I guess it'll fill up. <laughs> Probably. It's some girl saying Merry Christmas in, very, in a lot of weird,
0: bizarre ways. pronouncing it in a lot of yeah, ways.
1: Uh, we already did our shout outs thank you everybody to, who has shout out shouted out and shared us so the Brothers stew on facebook follow the Brothers stew on facebook and you can find us on instagram as nobody's in ny uh please share us like us it, it has made a huge difference we're making a lot of progress we've got our first sponsor that we're just working through the details with um it's been kind of hard because our sponsors in new
0: york and we're here but it's it's coming I'd like to thank Ellen DeGeneres for being a pioneer for the LGB comedy community.
1: Oh, for sure. I wonder what she's doing this Christmas. I bet she's going to have a gay Christmas.
0: I bet, she, I bet she will.
1: And a big thank you to our biggest sponsor, fan, and friend, Mark Ferreira, who bankrolled this whole show. All right. This has been the Nobody's in New York podcast.
0: <laughs> Peace. My brother, not my (laughs)
2: boyfriend.
0: What's what's another? He's my
1: brother, not my boyfriend. (laughs)
0: He's my brother, not my boyfriend. (laughs) What's another good Christmas song?
1: Uh, he's my brother, not my boyfriend. He's my brother, not my boyfriend. What song is that? Hey. That's... my
0: brother,
1: not my boyfriend. <laughs> vou- vou-
0: He's my brother, not my boyfriend. He's <laughs> my <laughs> brother, <laughs> not my boyfriend. He's my
1: brother, not my boyfriend. Wait,
0: wait, wait.
1: <laughs> He's my brother, not my boyfriend. Don't you get it mixed up.
0: Are you trying to do the...
1: <laughs> God rest ye marriage.
0: He's my brother, not my boyfriend. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> Oh, God, uh, that's funny.
1: This is the longest sign-off ever. Oh, All
0: right. he's my brother, not nah, my uh, boyfriend. boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's enough. Oh, that's enough.
1: he's my brother, but he's not my boyfriend.
0: <laughs> that's great.
2: This has okay. gone on
1: long enough.
0: All right, long enough!
1: This <laughs> has been the Nobody's in New York podcast. He's my brother, not my boyfriend. Oh, no, don't start that again.
2: That's good. That the ended well.